Hi, guys. Welcome back. We're here in the bunkie for episode number nine. And how are you doing, love? I'm doing so good, Ben. How about you? Oh, we're doing good, too. We're uh, getting through right now, but I would say overall we're doing well. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. So one of the things we wanted to talk to you guys about today was we know that Ange and I are, um, we're both tackling similar issues, but from different angles. And one of the angles that Ange really approaches a lot of things with her clients is from that physical angle. And so we are still in lockdown, of course. And I want to know, Ange, what are your clients reaching out for now that they can't, obviously they couldn't go to the gym necessarily, um, but even certain things like parks and trails and other beaches are no longer an option. So what are you finding is the biggest struggle for your clients right now? Mm -hmm. What a great question. So I feel like a lot of the clients that I'm seeing the first time around and the second time around, it was kind of like they could push things to the side. But now that we are in like the third time around, it's like, okay, I got to figure out something as the solution. So one of those key things that's coming up for my clients is actually in relation to equipment so that has to do with dumbbells if you want to buy a dumbbell these days it's three dollars a pound where it would normally be like a dollar a pound so yes you can go and pick those things up but sometimes it's like they've been kind of pushing it aside pushing it aside pushing it aside okay well now i need to make the investment but a lot of clients are also saying like but i love training in this gym as soon as this crap is over i'm going to be back in the gym so they don't want to spend like three dollars a pound right. for like all of this equipment because I think there's a little glimmer of hope. So a lot of my clients are just saying like, can we get more creative with my workouts? Because I have one set of dumbbells and I have to be super creative with that. So some of the things that I'm introducing or working into the programming for clients is ways in which they can play around with the timing to still create time under tension. Mm -hmm. So essentially the way we can make a muscle grow or the way that we can create change in the body, yes, you could grab a heavier weight, but another way to create that same level of change is by increasing the time under tension. So we will play around with slowing down the way that you're doing a movement, making you have to stick in that that very like uncomfortable spot for a while so for example if you're doing a squat we may say like okay bring it down so you can lower your body into that squat position for a count of like four or five seconds sit at the base of a squat for like five seconds 10 mm. seconds 15 seconds 20 seconds whatever that's going to be and then come up so you don't have to necessarily add more weight to still create change or progressive overload within the body so we've had to get pretty creative with those pieces in terms of timing when weight isn't something that you can like build on so i would say that's what's showing up a lot is these like super creative ways to approach workouts by playing around with the timing also like getting super creative with the way in which you may create res resistance for example like okay maybe you can't go for a walk on a trail the way that you would normally be able to or go um for a walk in the park and that might be something that you totally enjoy but you could put a couple of uh books into a backpack and like walk around your house and still go through maybe you're not getting that same like nourishment the way that you would from being outside right. but you could still get that like terrain resistance even though the resistance is on your back so for example you're just putting 
few books into a backpack, walking around your house and doing all the do, right? Mm -hmm. So you're doing laundry like that, or you're still creating those steps throughout the day. You're just making it harder on the body by doing things like backpacks work really great. Um, or even like for kids, put your kid into like the carrier <laughs> oh, or whatever. <laughs> Not optimal. I know you would love to be outside because of lockdown. But you can still make that super fun walking around the house and doing all the like fun things you would be doing around the house. And then the other thing that I've been doing a lot with my kids that I've been kind of challenging my clients to do is creating obstacle courses around your house of like go under the table and pretend that this is lava, bounce from here to here, ah. do 10 push-ups like on figure what day it was maybe Friday we did that where it was like I was sweating buckets by doing this obstacle course through my <laughs> house and my husband came in he was like you normally don't sweat so much I'm like I know we made the toughest obstacle course that like <laughs> but you can do those kind of things even within your house even though it's not your favorite way to do it but you can create those kind of like funny little obstacle courses um and that's been really helpful and then the other pieces with food you may go to order your groceries online and half the things that you want to get you can't get or maybe you want to get groceries tomorrow but things are really backed up right, right. so you can't get your groceries for four days so you have to get kind of creative with meals and i would say that a lot of the clients that I'm working with and giving them suggestions in relation to it, I'm like, it doesn't have to be like totally perfect in the way that you may put a meal together in a very conventional way. Maybe you are out of this or this or this. And I would say that as we're trying to put those um, combinations together, I would just say that, okay, pick your protein. Doesn't matter what it ends up being. And if you don't have protein, sometimes some of our meals are like literally protein powder, not like you don't maybe you don't want to have protein powder with oatmeal for dinner but that's all that you have for protein and so it's kind of being a little bit more flexible of like yes this isn't something I would normally eat at dinner but it's all that we have and you're kind of like okay I need to make sure I have a protein source and then you're adding in those additional items whether it's carbs or vegetables but you're just getting a little bit more creative versus being like oh I totally enjoy this food it's kind of I don't know. I think it's just switching up that piece has been really helpful for clients too. For sure. It sounds too like being a little bit more gentle with yourself in that. Um, I know for me, I like the, I'm very like my kids join me in workouts are pretty messy some of the time, but I like that, you know, I do these four workouts four days a week I do 90 minutes of cardio, whatever that is, it's flexible, right? So it becomes tricky in my mindset to do like, I'm doing these four to be like, well, I guess I'll do an obstacle course instead, or we're going to have a dance party. So I think it's a little bit too of releasing that rigidity in mindset of, but I've always done it this way, right? Like, but I do my best workouts at the gym. That might be true. And that's okay. And it's very much allowing a little bit of wiggle room mm -hmm. right and being gentle with yourself a little bit more than um maybe you would if your kids were in daycare or school we are juggling so 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 much right now that it feels like we almost crave that like sense of this is how it is and it's organized and it's structured and it's this right um and so being a little more fluid and gentle I think is a key component too that I I hear you saying when it comes to food, when it comes to your workout is just do something. Mm -hmm. 
right? Something is better than nothing, that imperfect action. Totally, totally. And I would say the other thing that shows up a lot with clients right now is really like, I think everybody kind of has their vice or their thing that when life gets really stressful, when you've had a really hard day, I think a lot of us have some sort of vice, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the times what comes up for me in my practice is food. At the end of the day, when the kids are sleeping and like, you've just like had it, the day's been so tough. Mm -hmm. You have all this food around you and it's hard to just go to bed to just like shut it off. You kind of want this little bit of time where there's a little bit of pleasure. And I think a lot of my clients show up in that space where dealing with their stress can often lead to emotional eating where it's like, oh, I want to go to bed. I know I should go to bed, but like a tub of ice cream actually would make me feel better. And so I'm seeing that show up a lot for clients too, where it's like, yeah, it's really tough. And there's absolutely no judgment from my side of things. But I'm just curious from your side of things in terms of emotional management or in terms of like ways in which they may be able to deal with that stress Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Are there things you see in your practice or suggestions that may be helpful for that person? For sure. So I love that there's this link here because... I see what I'm seeing in my clients, one of the major struggles, I would say the top struggle is grounding, Mm. feeling safe, feeling connected. It's very much the same as the roots of a tree. And so when that tree is rooted into the ground, whatever storm is coming at that tree, it's going to do better if it has a really good root system, right? And if it has a crappy root system, mostly it can hold it together until a storm comes our way. And so COVID being the storm, right? If we don't have a good root system, it's going to push us further than it would if we had a good root system. We're going to feel more chaos within us. We're going to feel like we can't handle things. We're going to feel like we could uproot at any point. And so when when it comes to grounding, one of the reasons that people reach for that food is because they've spent all their energy all day, they're exhausted, they're depleted, and they're not feeling grounded. And food grounds us, mm. right? So when we talk about grounding and the ways to ground, one of those ways is actually through eating because grounding is literally about connecting with the earth. Our magnetism, our energy is connected to the same number that the earth is vibrating at too. And so when we say, oh my goodness, I met so-and-so, but she's so down to earth. We're expecting that they are like this star, right? But we say, oh, they're so down to earth. And that's saying they're real. They're normal. They're, they're just like all of us, right? And so that's that human component. Being down to earth means we are connected to the earth. And so the ways in which we do that is feet on the ground with no shoes, with no socks. Um, feet in water interacting in nature, touching it, right? That's what brings us back. That's why when we go for a walk, it's like, oh, I just needed to like get my bearings, right? And food comes from the earth. It's one of the ways that A, keeps us alive, right? But it's because we are humans and we are connected to the earth. Food that grows from the earth grounds us. It goes right down to that root chakra. And so that by the time your energy is completely depleted, you've been juggling a thousand things you feel like you've lost your grip on your diet or even just like I've held it together all day and now I just need to like binge I need to eat I need some type of pleasure Mm -hmm. right and so that's going to connect to kind of the second piece that I see but 
the food is acting as a grounding source. It's a pleasure source, but it's also a grounding piece. Interesting. I never would have thought about it from that perspective. So I feel like it's so, it's so cool. I love the insights that you provide and all the wisdom, but I'm, do you think like, I guess we, we work in such different spaces, but I don't think the person would have ever, or I even think about myself, like in that spot, binge eating or like at the end of the day, wanting just food. I would have never thought the reason why my intuition within me is saying, this is the answer, but. And it's interesting because it's not a conscious thing per se. It's, Exactly. Right. It's happening, but we don't, we're not necessarily choosing that saying, well, I know that this is the reason I'm doing this, right? It's a quick fix to get that grounding piece. Hmm. And so then for the person that is falling into that behavior or falling into something that they're hoping to correct, Mm -hmm. does it need to be corrected? Is it a piece of like, huh, I'm doing this because being grounded is where I should go to bed. Do you know what I'm saying? For sure. And so we can choose healthy or unhealthy ways to ground, right? And so um, eating is a pretty healthy way for us to ground if we do it in a way that is nourishing us. But if you say, I don't want to binge eat at the end of the day, I know that my energy is exhausted. I know I'm completely depleted, but I don't want to eat until I feel sick. Right. That's where it changes into this unhealthy way. And so it's not about um, necessarily stopping that binging, but it's shifting the behavior into, okay, so I'm looking to ground. I know that food is trying to ground me here. How else can I ground? Awareness. Yeah. Right. And substituting. Okay. I feel depleted. I need to ground. I'm going to go for a quick walk. And if I still want those cookies, then I can have them Mm -hmm. or right. So, or choosing an item that you, that will still ground you, but choosing something, A, from the earth, something raw that actually will serve that because we we're trying to ground, but we don't reach for the food that actually will ground us. And that's why we eat so, so, so much, mm-hmm. right? We eat a whole sleeve of Oreos. I have done that, right? Like, oh <laughs> right. And so, but I'm not actually grounding. So I crave more, I crave more, I crave more. It's going and going and going until you fall asleep. Yes. Yes. And you feel gross. Like you, you don't totally. feel grounded. You, you feel don't. gross. You do. Right. Whereas if you went for a walk and ate that many apples, you probably still not feel very good, but you would stop before you felt sick. Mm-hmm. If you were like, I'm going to eat all the apples until I am not hungry. You would stop way before you would eat 27 Oreos. You would not eat 27 even 12 apples, right? And so when we choose... I'm trying to think about... I'm trying to think about you even like five apples. <laughs> yeah. I like feel sick after one sometimes, just the way that it interacts with my stomach acid. But it's funny that when we choose those foods that would actually ground us, we don't go to that same binging place, mm-hmm. right? And so it's replacing that grounding behavior of binging with a different way to ground that is better for you, better for your soul, and keeps you in alignment with your goals, whether it's weight loss, whether it's um, nutrition, whatever it is. And so it's funny, I'm trying to like, as you're talking, all that's coming up for me is like, that has actually probably been one of the biggest shifts in relation to my nutrition. And I wasn't actually, I've never really connected the dots. But I think about us when we hang out. Uh And like, Ah. before bed, 
We don't pull out the bag of chips. We pull out the chicken breast <laughs> and the fucking hard boiled eggs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, we do that. But I never really thought about it until literally this moment where I'm like, oh yeah, we made that shift yes. without maybe thinking about it, but also recognizing that like, okay, yeah, we probably do have rice cakes in there. But like, <laughs> totally we do. But we do choose the protein first. We do yes. choose the chicken breast first before we dive into the rice cakes. Yeah. Right yes. or the tuna or the hard boiled eggs, and so I I have never really thought about that in yes. our group setting, yes. um, or even just me and you hanging out that we made that shift. So maybe for the person listening, maybe that's to the key piece of like l- that could happen after the Oreos, the ice cream, the, all those things could happen afterwards. Yes, but maybe we need that first. The like chicken right both eggs. if you're choosing if you're grounding choosing something that will ground you even if you crave that treat sweet whatever after mm. you're not going to eat as much of that one thing if you have filled your belly with food that will ground you totally what else grounds you or what else do you suggest for people so it's interesting that you say that because i noticed that when we hang out on zoom when we're t- when we get to be together all of those things we when we eat We eat really nutritious food, generally, Um, but also we often forget to eat. Angie and I have to, like, we have to literally pre-cook every single meal before we hang out because we will forget to eat. Just completely and totally forget. And so that's part of that grounding, but also bliss piece. When we are, when I'm with you, I don't feel depleted. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I just had the worst day. I need to eat a whole bag of chips. I feel lighter. I feel excited. I'm recharged, right? And so part of that is I'm not seeking that grounding piece through food. So we can literally completely, it's out of our head Mm -hmm. because it's not needed the way that it is kind of on those regular days where I feel like, oh God, how am I going to do this, right? And so um, that's one way to do that is finding people and things that ground us um, for whether it's Zoom calls, whether it's phone calls, like, okay, I'm going to eat this bag of cookies after I quick call my bestie, mm-hmm. right? And when you feel charged up, you're like, oh, I really don't necessarily need all of those cookies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another way is that quick walk outside. I Almost making a deal with yourself. I can eat all of these after I walk around for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about, like, I need to walk to therefore eat the cookies. Like, it's not about this trade-off from the standpoint of, like, oh, if I exercise, then that justifies me eating that thing. That's not the cycle we're trying to perpetuate or trying to communicate. It's more just this, like, can we take care of the way that I'm feeling first? And then kind of push it back of, like, huh, do I really still want that thing? Okay. And it's kind of instead of like immediately going to the band-aid or immediately yes. going to the like um, thing that's going to help it block out. It's more so like, okay, I'm going to do this thing first. Yes. I know God is going to be really grateful for it. And yes. I would say the other thing is you may see this in your practice, but and I know it for me, having sex or masturbating is like one of the yes. things that really grounds me. And I don't yes. know if that shows up for you in like um, your practice, but for I feel sure. like it's one of those things too, where it's like you maybe wouldn't initially think of it, yes. but what's happening there where. Oh, well, and yeah. it's the next chakra up. So root chakra mm-hmm. sits in our pelvis. So it's connected to that sexual piece, but the next chakra up is called sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. 
And so chakras in close connection to one another support one another. And they all, everything's interconnected and shows up. Um, our chakras overcompensate for other areas in the same way that if you had a sore ankle, your other hip on your other leg after two weeks of limping might start to hurt because that hip was actually doing more work than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so our chakras do the same thing. So because the sacral chakra is so close to that root chakra, right. It's the traveling down to that place that it, that is one of the ways like very typical for men, especially is to ground. Hmm. Right. And you think of where the penis is, you think of where the vagina is, that's root chakra. Do you see that in women or it's mostly men? I have seen it in some women, but I see it more typical in men. Mm, it also is the path, the, vo- the voice. It's what opens up the throat chakra for men as well. For women, it's in reverse. Mm. The throat chakra opens up before the sacral chakra. And so you think about that um, male-female connection. Women want to, go with me here, want to have sex after they've talked, after they've made connection, after there's conversation, and they really kind of seek out more of that verbal connection, and then the sex follows. For men, it goes the other way. I'm not. I'm a man. (laughs) You have more masculine energy about you, and so it's it's not necessarily about men and women, but very much that masculine, feminine energy, energy, right? And so... For the typical male, or you in that masculine energy. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a man. I'm but Jamie man. is the opposite. But my, my husband he is. Seeks, he seeks he connection. And, <laughs> yes, he, he wants, wants to talk. To talk. Right? He, this is a very sidebar. But we did call my husband, and literally it was like 45 <laughs> minutes this morning. And Ashley's listening, and she was just like, he likes to talk. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, half the, time, half the time, half the time, we would like cut out. Like literally, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't even understand what he was saying. We'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep we on going. And I was yeah. like, as it was happening, I'm like, oh my God, this is literally like every reverse conversation for most people. I feel like yes. where like the woman's just like, blah, blah, blah. And then blah, 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 blah. And the guy has the and phone then, out. And the guy's, uh, guy's got the phone out here. I was like, oh, that's kind of what's going on. But it's yes. completely in the right. reverse, which is, I, it's magical. Cause that's the way that we work so well together. But as it's happening, I'm just like, but you guys have flipped in that kind of male, female energy totally. a little bit. And so, sorry, no, sorry. that's okay. No, I love the sidebars. And so, yes, we ground very much through sex. We ground through food. We ground through interacting in nature and with the earth. That's why generally we feel, it's one of the reasons we feel better in the summer. Mm. Because yes, there's more sunlight. Days are longer. We can, well, sometimes do more things, but we are outside without our shoes on. We are at the beach, toes in the water, sand, right? Like we are down on our hands and knees, maybe building castles or digging in gardens. And that's what brings us back down to earth. That's what brings us kind of into that connected place, feeling safe, feeling like, I feel like me, right? And so when we go to that walk, it's about connecting. Yes. Okay. I am me again, right? Because sometimes we just need to be outside. We smell that air. Okay. I'm good. Right. I'm good. Um, so that those would be the ways in which I would say natural grounding is is typical. Um, there are a few other methods. One would be meditation. You just pop on a grounding meditation and that should bring you back down. I think exercise. Literally. I was going to say exercise is listening that's maybe yes. more in my world. I, I feel like after somebody's done a workout, a lot of the times in my world, they're like, I just feel so much better. And it's 
interesting. Obviously, they're moving energy around, but I think there's a piece of it that, like, has to be, has to be doing something sure. in relation to and the grounding. You, and you think about that. So with exercise, after I exercise, I am, it doesn't matter when I exercise, I am never hungry right after a workout. No. Never. Right? I'm not craving that grounding through food. However, I have expended some grounding energy that later, right, we know that if we work out, we need to eat more calories. Yep. Right? Or there's that replacement of that grounding piece. So I've grounded through exercise. Whoo, now I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's another, absolutely another way. Totally. And I would say, I guess the other thing that comes up for me a lot with the grounding is like, I, I don't know if this is here in this world. This is what just is coming up for me. It's like, I find being super playful and almost like reverting back to being like a five-year-old kid or a seven-year-old kid, Mm -hmm. like just completely outside of this, like thinky, thinky brain bullshit is like pretending like you're five and transformers are cool and Beyblades are cool and all this is happening. I'm like, I don't know if it's grounding that's happening, but there's this there's this part of being very playful that Mm -hmm. seems to help me just be like, okay, everything's okay. Like everything's, and it's kind of like going to the brain of like a five-year-old. So I don't know if there's a piece, does that show up of like playfulness? It does, but it's also connected to the heart chakra, which is the next major thing that I see with clients right now being in lockdown is the lack of joy. So many people Right. And so love, love is what shows up in the heart chakra. And so the things that normally make us feel like we love our life. So many of those things are outside of us, things that we would do. Right. And so it's very, it's very much about bringing that joy in, in ways that are tricky because it's not your typical modality anymore. And so one of those easy ways to bring in that joy and to ground is that playful, joyful, because kids don't have those upper chakras aren't fully developed yet. So they don't have the same stress or anxiety or overthinking tendencies that we do, Mm -hmm. right? So they are working in those lower base chakras, right? Mm -hmm. They are working through that. I need food. I need shelter. Survival, which is total root chakra, right? And then as they get older, they go through that phallic stage where it's like, okay, you're touching yourself a lot, right? <laughs> That's sacral, but they're discovering it. Those chakras are, are developing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's where um, it's really interesting because they, when we go to that place of a five-year-old or a three-year-old or whatever, they don't have the same upper chakra stress that we do, right? The mind, the, the, the intuition might be there, but it's not in a stressful place the way that we sometimes use the mind, right? And so bringing in the love and focusing on love is another really big part of kind of what I'm seeing as a struggle right now for a lot of clients. So interesting. I was going to say, you were talking about the grounding. One thing, and it's funny because I used to do it all the time, but I didn't start doing it until we moved back into the into this list home that I forgot that I did for grounding, was rolling around in the grass, like literally completely horizontally, where it would be like rolling. And I used to do it all of the time, like maybe early 20s when I was traveling, I would do it all the time where I was like, I just need to feel the grass. And it was a very, I never really thought about like, I just knew it made me feel really good. Yeah. So, and it's funny, you're taking your entire body instead of just using your feet to ground. Yeah. You're taking your whole body and grounding. Yeah. And I mean, it's all flat and we like, 
me and Theodore, my older son, did it last summer where he would just be like, why are you doing this, mommy? Like, it's it's funny. And I was like, I don't know. So you kind of look like a steamroller. (laughs) You're right. I do kind of look like a steamroller, but for some reason, like rolling completely horizontal from head to toe, from one side of our um, lawn to the other, I was like, I feel really good. Well, and you think about it, why do kids roll down hills? Interesting. Right? I remember being at school and we would, there was this like weird little hill. We would roll down that hill a million times. And so it's funny that childlike play tendency, right? They naturally ground. Kids naturally kick their shoes off. They naturally dig in the dirt till it gets under their fingernails and their toenails. And like, they naturally crave that same, whereas we get so removed from it. We wear shoes, we work in office buildings or high rise buildings or right. Like I think of my heart aches for the people right now who are in Toronto, 40 feet up in the air, can't go outside and it's surrounded by concrete. So where do you put your feet to ground? Where do you put your body to ground? Right? So that level of total, Oh my God, flighty. I can't handle this. There is no real means for them to get outside and interact with nature to do that in that natural form. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so It's so strange, but I feel like if you're in that situation or you're thinking to yourself, like, how do I replicate that? Mm -hmm. I feel like they're almost forced to just like watch a YouTube video, which doesn't sound optimal, but like watching a YouTube video of grass and grounding music and those like peaceful, Mm -hmm. serene. For sure. I know that this isn't optimal, but it reminds me kind of like, you know how sometimes if you don't have a fireplace to put the fireplace on that freaking TV channel, it's kind of like that where it's not the same, but you could use those, I don't know, those, those things if you were forced to do that. And then being in the mindset of, I think it's just an open place. It's like, I'm open to receive it versus like. This is silly. Because that's what I think about when I'm rolling on the grass. I'm like, honestly, if the neighbor saw me, they're probably like, she's crazy. But (laughs) there's this openness of terms of receiving where I think that that helps with the chakras too, right? For sure. And when it comes to that grounding piece, if you are in a high rise building and you can't ground the way that we are talking about, there are super simple ways bringing houseplants in. People like know that having houseplants around makes us happier. Mm, Never thought about that. Yes. Houseplants... Um, windows open would be another way getting that air into your lungs Um, water and it becomes even more essential if you're in that situation to be choosing those really from the earth fruits vegetables um, those whole foods that do come from the earth we need to do that but I mean I look outside of my window right now and I see probably like I don't know, 10,000 trees. I don't know. I see water, right? And so another way when it comes to that is water grounds us. I was going to say, what about baths? Yeah. So baths or showers. You ever notice how you feel different after you've showered or after you've had a bath? Mm, I do. Yeah. I, for me, I'm not a shower girl and I'm a babe like once every 10 days, which is a very like, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, I sh- I, but you ground in other ways. I do. Yes. I do. We've talked about it. We've so, talked about it, but it's funny because my husband could shower. He showers at least once a day. He's like, I need to do it. Sometimes two, sometimes three times a day. I'm like, holy mother. But I'm like, okay, you need to do this. But like, 
but it helps clear his head. It helps it bring him back down totally. to earth. Be like, okay, right. So the water is natural. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, even if it's chlorinated, even if it's distilled, even if it's whatever, but it's better than nothing, Mm -hmm. right? It Mm -hmm. still comes from our earth. And that's why, I mean, how many, you tell us to drink at least half your body weight in ounces in water a day. Water is what, a huge component of what we're made of. Mm -hmm. And it comes naturally from the earth. Totally. Right? And so that's another way. If you're like, oh my goodness, I have a hard time grounding, drink more water. Mm -hmm. That would be like the simplest, easiest path. Totally. And I mean, I think that's a struggle actually for a lot of people where they're like, depending on their situation, Mm -hmm. but the person listening is like, Oh, I am an ICU nurse. You're telling me that I'm just drinking for water. It's like they got their whole stuff on. (laughs) Like you want me to drink more water during my 12 hour shift? And so I think for that person, for that person that's like wearing a mask all day and like that, it's very, it's unrealistic for me to be like, drink that amount. Right. Or strive towards that. I understand that. I just think it's like in the moments when you're not working at work, it's not realistic. I, I recognize that. Sure. But in those other moments when you're leaning towards like, should I have a coffee or a water? I just say, have both. Have the coffee and the water. If yes. you're going to be having the coffee, just have water alongside with it. Right. Or like adding it into the other times when you're drinking something else versus right. it being within the workday. Because I think there's so often like that piece where it's like, throughout their day, they aren't able to take off their PPE and all that right. stuff, right? Where yeah. it's like, well, and even to go pee. Well, like, absolutely. Right? Like, I'm like, I think like the, the drinking piece, obviously a factor, but like the actual, like when I'm drinking that much water, like I pee a lot, right? Yeah, and it's totally. when I was teaching, I'm like, I can't drink that. I can't leave the classroom except like in three hour <laughs> chunks or whatever, right? So it's, it's making it manageable too for um, your life. It's so funny right now. I kid you not. What are our children doing? When you look out the window right now, my husband Cam is watching Angie's kids and my kids right now. And what do you awesome. see them doing? What do you awesome. see them doing? Are they peeing? They're rolling down the hill. Oh. <laughs> oh, Felix is also peeing. He is also peeing. I was like, his pants are down. <laughs> but no, so I just saw Theodore. He came racing down the hill. Is he a commoner? Yep, he does. <laughs> He's so safe, right? And so, but like that, so we were just talking about this, that like natural grounding piece. Look at them. The way that they are just like sitting in the grass, climbing up the hill now, like they are in that playful five-year-old crazy place. But literally I see, I saw them rolling down in the grass. What we were just talking about. That's so cool. Anyways, sorry. Sidebar guys. (laughs) We're here peeking in the window of the monkey here. Kids. And I think that that's so, yeah, I think it's, if we are open to that mm-hmm. with both children and just everyday experiences, mm-hmm. whether it's like you don't need to necessarily be like out and about to have those everyday experiences, but I think it's just like slowing down enough to be like, that's cool. And I think so often kids remind us of that. And when we sit in that present space versus yeah. the like, okay, you need to do this. Then you need to do this. You need to do this. It's mm-hmm. like, you just sit in this present space. You're like, holy moly, you are teaching me more than you realize. And we think that we're their teachers, which we are in like these ways, but there's so many moments throughout a day where I'm like, ah, yeah, you are so awesome, bud. Yes. For that reason, right? We were walking back to the river the other day and Nolan, oh my goodness, slow as molasses. Nolan is my middle child. Oh, but he also, maybe we should tell people what happened this week with Nolan. (laughs) Okay. We'll get to that, but let me just, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. So we're walking back to the river. 
And he is so like dawdling, just like looking at this and checking out this tree stump. And he's got to carry this log to throw it in the water. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But then I realized, I'm like, what am I in a hurry for? To get to the river? Who cares? Like, but he was so just enamored with his environment. And that makes me think of just what you just said there, where it's like that slowing down that pause, but also going, oh my gosh, this is really cool. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it like you would for the first time. I've seen it 20 billion times. I'm over it. But it makes you almost see things again for the first time, Mm -hmm. which is really powerful. That's what... Amazement. Yes. In awe of just like life around you because we're so busy living it and doing it that we're not actually always paying attention to it. And I think that's the beauty of lockdown. As much as it's like, this is frustrating. Mm -hmm. There's a beauty piece if you're just like, Mm -hmm. huh, could I... Just watch the birds flying around in the backyard for, like, 30 seconds. Yes. Could I just do these, like, it doesn't need to be long. And I know that you feel busy. Everybody feels busy. But it's like, could you just for this small segment of time just watch the sunrise? Just watch the birds. Just watch the, like, like and if you the s- rabbit. Whatever, yeah. right? And if you sit and you be in that moment, the chaos quiets. Cool. You... Have you ever watched a sunset feeling panicked? No. Because you can't. No. And you can't like, watch a sunset feeling panicked. No. You just... You can't. Because it's grounding you. It is. And I also think that as the kids are, like, doing all their chaotic stuff, mm-hmm. that's not going to change. Like, you being really stressed out by their whole yes. crazy chaos is like, okay, yeah, I understand you're stressed. But if you just sit back... Watching it all happen, it's like, this is going to happen. Either I am, like, stressed out, worried about everybody going to bed, worried about blah, 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 blah. We need to do this. We need to do this. Or you just sit back and you're just like, huh. Well, and that comes back to, we talked about this in our last episode, but flying into other people's energy. Mm-hmm. When we get to that, like, ah, I just need you to go to bed. We've flown into their energy. Totally. We've flown, we've diluted ours out. We've lost that, like keeping my energy close and strong. Mm-hmm. I've just, and then I feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. I feel tired. I feel drained. I feel irritated. But if I sit back, like you said, pause and just take a breath, mm-hmm. I can see the beauty in every single moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, that's a practice. Like, oh, that God. is not my autopilot. My autopilot is like, you go to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> and if you are not in bed by 7 p.m., I want to have a bird. Because it and requires so, awareness. It does. And so it's like, as soon as I sit back, I'm oh, yeah, well, you know, we aren't really now that kids are in lockdown and we're in this new online schooling, not optimal. But there's a piece of it that's like, huh, you might be able to stay up at teeny bit later although we've been tricking my son he thinks he stays up till, mi- till midnight every night i don't know if you put this trick yeah. away. Uh, no i'm telling you you need to change your clock because he's staying up till but he doesn't know that midnight is 12 which is the best part <laughs> like, oh it's so close to midnight he's like mom it's 905 i'm like i know that's so close to midnight and then like it could be 10 he's like oh, i know it's so close to midnight but he doesn't know that it's like 12 that he's uh, like building towards that's so funny oh, anyways, <laughs> the trickery But it's kind of neat because it adds an element, again, of that pause. If he goes to bed a little bit later, hopefully, fingers crossed, he sleeps in a little bit more. Today they did. Yes. Today I was like, oh my God, is my whole world sleeping until 8.30 (laughs) a.m.? That's like a a never, ever happen, ever situation. Yeah. But even my younger one went to bed at like his normal time. Wow. So 
Like, Isn't that incredible? It is. It's just, oh. Yay! And it's, okay, so when you think about that. But I want to talk, sorry. No. You, just, throw, you might have a point, but I think there's a piece of it that I might be worth touching on it about what is it that you, there's some sort of lines mm-hmm. within your house that affect the way that you sleep and your children sleep. Is it facing the north? Is it not facing the north? Yeah. I think that that's cool enough. I think for the person that's like, I can't sleep. They could literally move their bed and then they could feel that too. Right. Yeah. So I want to dig in on that. But I also want to touch on, um, so kids, when they play outside, when they go swimming, when they're out in the sunshine, when they're running around outside, we know they sleep better. They sleep better. They sleep longer. They might sleep through that don't normally because that grounding piece. So we sleep better when we're grounded. And I would say one of the major things that almost every person I talk to, client, friend, family, most people have difficulty in some capacity with sleep. Totally. Literally. I feel like it's okay. Getting to sleep, falling asleep, sleep apnea, like all, all of it. it. All of it. And so it's because, and children don't, it's because we aren't grounded. And I think, and I don't, again, I would have never thought of it from that perspective. And I don't know for sure. I have done zero research on this, but we live in a pretty high, like it would not be uncommon for us to drive for 40 minutes and see at least one horse and buggy. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think of like that Mennonite population and they are in bare feet all the time. Like they are digging in the dirt. They got these big gardens. They're in the fields. Like, and I wonder, I'm like, oh, they must sleep so good. But they, it must also be a very grounded community. Maybe. Yeah. So I would, I would love to like find that out, but I probably won't. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. So that's just kind of a sidebar. But yes. Okay. So when it comes to actual like places of sleep. Mm-hmm. So maybe we dive into sleep strategies. <laughs> I feel like that's probably pretty reasonable. Sure. So you, I got some on my side of things, but yeah. for you, rock it girl. Okay. So it started for me, oh goodness, a while ago, but I met somebody his name is Lloyd Graham and he is he is the cutest old man he's a little bit like scruffy he's a little bit but he's like in his 60s not your typical like energy worker that you would typically think of per se and that's part of why I love him like he's a he's a farmer and he just like but he's a dowser which means he can feel with his dowsing rods where different stress lines are in your house. And so they are called geopathic stress lines and they can come, they come naturally just like from the earth, but generally it's water below the surface. So we know that yes, there's earth here, but there's water running below the earth, right? Mm -hmm. So there's different pathways that are actually, and we are not meant to sleep on those um, waterway lines. Because we would die if we were, our energy. So we go back to that like energy of the earth. We are meant to be in connection with that. But we could not survive if we were to sleep in water. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we are above that line, that energy, that magnetism does not connect with our body. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so it, it creates sleep issues, but it creates so many health issues too. Like someday I'll do a, a conversation on a video with him. But he will, oh, he will dive right in on it. But his, his whole belief is that that is so many, it's in connection to like SIDS. It's in connection to cancer. It's in connection to like 
this so is the sudden infant, infant death syndrome. Yeah, okay. Right? And so, so much of it is just connected to where we sleep. And so, by having that checked or checking it yourself is a really powerful tool if sleep is... Do you ever notice how it's like, oh, my one kid slept so good until we moved his room? Or like, oh, he never used to be a good sleeper, but ever since he's been in his new bedroom, he sleeps so good. Mm -hmm. It's because that geopathic stress line is no longer impacting the way that they sleep, right? And so prior to um, us building our house here, Lloyd came out and he he did all the geopathic stress lines for our house and also the bunkie, mm. right? And so you don't want to sit too long in a geopathic stress line. You don't want to you don't want to lay down and sleep in one, right? And so that was a really interesting. It's a really interesting tool. Um, and if any of our listeners are interested in that, I could certainly link you up with the information or Lloyd or kind of show you how you could go about doing that yourself. Um, yeah, and so feel free to reach out, but that was a really interesting tool. And I know that when you have slept at our house, your children sleep really good. Mm-hmm. Totally. Same with um, my sister-in-law's kids. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, they only ever sleep so good when they're at Granny and Gramps's or when they're, right, like mm-hmm. at different places because sometimes it's connected to that geopathic stress. The other major thing that can create that geopathic stress is um, transformers. Those big, like, electrical boxes that sometimes are outside of windows, right? And so... Mm. I'm just thinking because I feel like the kids and their room, we have some sort of hydro thing, this big box outside of our house. And I don't even know. It might be this transformer. I have have zero ideas. But what we notice is if both the kids are in our room versus their room they sleep differently and they actually sleep differently downstairs so it's funny because we live in a bungalow because we want to convert their room into where our office would be Mm -hmm. and I was like oh are they too young to move them downstairs because I know yes if somebody needs you you go downstairs they they literally sleep through the night pretty much every night it's not really a big deal for them to be on the lower level it's like, oh, they really do sleep better further away from whatever their room is. And they're great sleepers, yeah. but we do notice these, like, interrupted cries that in a lot of other environments, yeah. the interrupted cries don't happen. Right. And so that can be a huge component mm-hmm. that we that. don't, and we don't even think of it. We're like, oh, we just kind of like, oh, that's a weird coincidence that they always sleep better in this other place. Or, you know, when sleep they... Sleep in. I was like, yeah. Oh. Your kids got up at five and they slept till eight thirty, girl. I was like, I think eight thirty. I'm like, oh my god, I feel it was like practically I, new. I was like, I was like, oh, did you wake up and then you had a nap <laughs> <That's> prior like- <laughs> to the situation? Like you're still that's sleeping. noon at your house. Like eight thirty is practically noon. Like that's lunchtime, <laughs> nine, nine a.m. is first nap if he gets up at five. Yeah, one thousand percent. And. So this is, yeah. And shit. <laughs> shit, girl. Shit. We're moving in. We're moving in. We're moving in. Too funny. Oh, and so it's funny. I never really thought about Because that. my guys are all incredible sleepers. They all sleep through the night and they all go to bed. I would say it's between eight and nine. So we rock a pretty late bedtime as far as like young children go. But Coralie today woke up at quarter to nine. Yeah. Like, it is not uncommon for my kids to sleep well past seven, mm-hmm. well past eight, right? Like, it, they just are good sleepers. And it's so fascinating and interesting because most people will think I'm absolutely insane when I say this. 
all three of my children. I have a five-year-old, I have a three-year-old, and I have an, a nearly two-year-old. They all sleep in the same room. Mm-hmm. They all sleep in the same bedroom. There's a crib and a bunk bed. And, and they, they all are just doing it. They all sleep through the night. They all sleep to exceptional beds or like morning times. And I just think like so much of that is connected to the place that they are in. They mm-hmm. feel safe. They feel connected. They feel grounded. And there's no geopathic stress. Mm. And the if you don't check geopathic stress lines, check. This is the easiest way to do this. But check which way your head faces or points. So for us, when we built, this was something that Lloyd explained to me and it was like really incredible stuff, but so many of us don't sleep with our heads pointed north. And when we go back to that magnetism, when we go back to the way that we are interacting with the earth, the energy, we are meant to be facing north. Mm-hmm. With our, not facing with our face, but sorry, our head pointed in the northern direction with our feet going south. I think I, I think we do. No, your kids don't. See, in all of our heads, in our yeah. house, we set up bedrooms. But we literally set up bedrooms so that every single but it's headboard when is pointed. Yeah, and that's north. so smart. But I'm also like, we do, me and my husband. But I'm also thinking, like, we're in a pickle because of the design of that particular room. Mm-hmm. We can't. I mean, you guys are doing the be- the bunk beds, but if we were to put the bunk beds on the one side, there's a window there. You can't really put the bunk beds in front of the entire window. You have to put it on one of the walls. So you kind of get in this pickle from a design perspective where I'm like, true. And I said that. Maybe we put that. This is just maybe they go downstairs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so it's funny because I said that very same thing to Lloyd. I'm like, we can't. He's like, how many other people are in your bedroom? I'm like, well, just Cam and me usually. It's that time the kids. But, like, he's like, how often is company in your bedroom? I'm like, well, like, never. He's like, so is it on a wall? Better? But you're on a wall. No, here. But I'm talking about, so he did our house in Mild May as well. Oh, okay. He came there. Yeah. And I was like, we can't. He's like, you think you can't because you have it in your head that the design of the room needs to look a certain way. And he's like, mm-hmm. this is your bedroom. This is not your kitchen. This is not your living room. This is where you sleep at night and it could cause disease in your body. And I was like, hmm, touche. Right. So we can, we can say that we can say, Oh, well I can't just based on the the room. Like I can't move the bed into the middle of the room and like have our heads pointing that way. It's going to look ridiculous. Yeah, but wouldn't you trade in that looking ridiculous to have the best night's sleep of your life? And I mean, I feel like, I guess, yeah, maybe it could go in the middle of the room. I'm more so thinking with the blinds, the kids like yanking on the blinds, if they're close to that window. Yeah, a thinking. little bit of a or fire escape. You, that needs to be a fire escape, right? Or so like, if you're trying to open up the doors to get into the closet. For sure. We have to, I, I'm thinking more of that piece of like, oh, from the design perspective. Right. Versus, like, aesthetically. It's not even an aesthetic. I'm just thinking, like, functionally. Yes. If we have the blind here, I know my children are going to yank on the blind. (laughs) Because they're just at that stage. Yes. My older one isn't going to. My younger one is a young child. Right? So, yeah, I think... There are those things to play with. I also want to dive in just to like sleep strategies. So I think the other thing that comes up a lot for the people we work with and even just like struggling with sleep, I think there's a few things that I suggest all the time, but one of them like magnesium Mm -hmm. uh, citrate is great for sleeping. I also think melatonin is really great for sleeping. If you're thinking from a supplement perspective, I also just think when it comes to sleeping for me, it's a brain dump. If I, either write it in my phone or write it down on a piece of paper, the mm-hmm. brain dump shit. So that's either like, okay, these are the three key things that I'm going to do first thing when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. That may, may or may not be you, 
But if not, my brain is like, oh, I had into your phone. So I need to do this like 10 minute brain dump before I go to bed of like, this is what you need to do tomorrow. Oh yeah. Remember you need to message this person. Oh, do this thing. And I need to do that. If not, I sit in bed and, and then I feel like I need to like kind of process the day. So I find the brain dump super helpful, a little bit of organization for the next day. If there's like these key things that like, this is a top priority. When you first wake up, you need to get this done. Yeah. find that super helpful for sleep because it doesn't interrupt me. I listen to podcasts when I fall asleep. And originally when I was listening to podcasts to go to sleep, I used to always just play it out loud, but there's, it's funny because we, we go back and forth. If it's something that my husband is very interested in, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I love it. This is great. Mm-hmm. But there's also other ones where they're too uppity uppity where he's like, oh, I can't <laughs> listen to that podcast because they're like too, it's more like interruptive for him. Right. So like on occasion, well, I would say most of the time I wear headphones to do it now, but um, on occasion where like we're lying in bed, he's like, oh, what podcast are you going to pick? And I was like, oh, I really want to listen to this one. And he'll either say like, oh yeah, that sounds super interesting, play it out loud, or he'll go like, oh no, that sounds more like a headphone one because he knows a the sure. different podcasts, but then also like the topic. But the funny thing we actually really like to listen to together is like true crime ones, which I would, I like, <laughs> which is funny. To go to sleep, you listen to I true, know, wow. true crime murder, but Holy this is the moly. funny thing. This is the really funny thing. scare me. It's totally not up my alley at all, but I only... That would put you to sleep. <laughs> well, I find history super interesting. I find details about things super interesting, but I also recognize that it's not, it's so weird, but if I try to listen to music to fall asleep, it works too, but I find words to be more soothing versus Mm. music, and I love music, but yeah, so that really helps me with sleep. I would say the other thing, we use a diffuser with lavender in it is super helpful, Mm -hmm. and then I would also say the other thing that is, I don't know, just like super helpful from a sleep perspective. It's like thinking about when you stop eating and when you're actually going to bed. I find if I've like ate a whole bunch of food and then I'm going to go to bed, if it is something that like I'm going to feel in my digestive system, so some of the things you were talking about, hard boiled eggs, tuna, chicken, protein is going to be slower digesting in terms of the way that it goes through your system. I find like that is going to keep me more awake. Right. Whereas carbohydrates, I find as long as they're not in like the sugar category. So like your say candies or um, ice cream, those sorts of things, those are going to be more like energy because they have so much sugar in them. Whereas like, I find if you have a bunch of rice cakes, I actually find that it is very like settling for sleep because it doesn't have all that sugar to bring you up. So carbohydrates can kind of make you sleepy. So if you're finding that like you're struggling to fall asleep, I feel like having a little bit of something along those lines would be super helpful as long as there's no sugar that's tied with it. So rice cakes are really great. Chips can work as well um, in terms of like making you sleepy. I just feel as though it's being mindful of when you go to bed and well, maybe not when I would say when you eat and then when you want to go to bed Mm. and then taking notice of the way that your stomach feels. Right. Right. And so like, if you take notice of that, you're like, Oh my God, I feel like, Oh, I feel like I need to undo my pants. My stomach's like going through all this stuff. And the thing that I struggle with and which I actually familiar with, but maybe the people listening aren't familiar, but I get that like 
want to eat certain things, it literally feels like there's a ball going through my intestines and it's very painful to like work through. So if you're like noticing anything that's going on within your stomach as you're having something, I think it's like, okay, yeah, no, we're not going to do that before bed moving forward because that's going to keep me up. But I would say in general, carbohydrates, if they don't, aren't tied with sugar, can help you sleep. And could well, be a too. part of the reason that we reach for some of those foods in that evening kind of mm-hmm. time block as well. Um, because going back to that grounding piece, sleep grounds us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we delay sleep by eating. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people wake up so much? I feel like I do wake up like probably 300 times a night. And that's probably not an understatement. I'm like, oh my God, you need to fix that. But I think, I don't know if you feel this way. I think it's because Sully's so young. So my youngest one, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, I guess he'll be two. But I think you become very cued into like this survival mechanism as a mom of like, I'm up. Nope. Baby's not awake. Okay. And so I think there's like this survival thing that goes off that's like, wakes you up and then you go back to sleep. But I think that's the really challenging part for moms that even when their kids aren't awake, it's like getting a sound. And that that is grounding. So because our kids, so grounding for us is feeling safe, feeling connected, right? Feeling like we are part of the earth. And so you think about Sully's existence. His root is still connected to you. Mm -hmm. Him waking up is connected to his survival. You're still in charge of his survival, Mm right? Like, when Theo, when Theo sleeps here, he can sleep in the basement by himself and you're not worried about him. It doesn't like it, di- it doesn't even phase you. Whereas you want to be on the level where Sully is, because if he wakes up, you need to be available to make sure he stays alive. Right. And mm-hmm. so his survival is still connected to you feeling grounded, feeling safe. And so his feeling safe, his survival is part of your root chakra still. Mm, and that's so, what's going on. And so we. You're so smart. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And so because we, because kids are naturally grounded, they can sleep better. And so if your kids aren't sleeping, another component is getting them grounded, getting them outside, getting them off of screens, getting them digging in the dirt, in the sand, in the whatever, right? And they sleep better. So do we, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So we think about all those things like Cam and I, we, I call it an investment in our evening when we're like outside and we're trucking around and I'm like, this is so our kids sleep at night. This I can, we can spend all this time out here. And I can put work aside and a workout aside because I know that this means you're going to be more exhausted. You're going to have better quality sleep because you'll be, you know, interacting with the elements and feeling grounded. And so it's the same for all of us, but we don't typically ground. We don't think, oh, those mess, those, the mechanisms that we use for our kids to fall asleep, they'll work for me too. And it's so funny because I feel like we, we forget the children are literally like little adults. Totally. Right. We're like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're so different. Yes. They're different people. Yes. It's like there's literally miniature us. Yes. And so all of the things that they require or all of the things that we notice them doing naturally, it's like, huh. We should yeah. do those things. Why are we going to do that? <laughs> yes. That's, they have it figured out and we do. don't because they haven't been socialized out of it yet. Totally. Right? 1,000%. Um, so just in kind of relation to those sleep strategies, there's two that I want to add on to what you have just mentioned. Um, for me, 
I don't listen to podcasts or like crime mystery, which I love that you do, but I'm like totally opposite to that. I will pop on, <laughs> I will pop on a sleep meditation. You can pop it into YouTube. You That's can do it with my children. I probably I should do that. Yes, yes. You do it with your children. You should do it with I yourself. Do. They're like just every saying. single night. For sure. My meditation. Kids, my kids do a sleep meditation as well, but I find um, I'm super particular about the voice. It drives me like I cannot listen to a woman put me to sleep it like it gyrates on my nerves like it makes me resentful and I cannot fall asleep whereas it needs to be a man, be a man mm-hmm. right so it's certain things where people are like oh I could never do a sleep meditation sometimes it's playing around with the actual like logistics of it for me my favorite ones and these are the only ones I'll do is the honest guys that's what they're called I don't know but it's one guy and he like does a really awesome job I'm usually asleep in like minutes he's still like doing his intro I'm like <sighs> I'm out, right? Um, Another thing, then this is a strategy I learned in university, and I haven't used it recently because it hasn't been needed, but I have used it so much in the past that was really effective, and it kind of links to your brain dump a little bit, but it's very much setting aside for those of our listeners who struggle with anxiety or they can't go to sleep at night because they're worrying about things or, you know, they're struggling with that, is setting aside a time during the day for 10 minutes maybe, or maybe it's right before bed, and this is my worry time. And you give yourself, I think that's helpful. You get all your worries out, every single bad thing you can possibly think of, and when that timer goes off, or when those 10 minutes, or five minutes, or two minutes is up, okay, I'm done worrying, and when things pop into your head, perfect, I'm gonna worry about that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I will put that I'll be like I'm going to put that into tomorrow's the worry probably. category tomorrow mm-hmm. I won't worry about it until it's my time to worry tomorrow mm-hmm. right and so it's really just like setting up the parameters for I know I worry I know I stress I'm creating a time for that I got to get it all out of my system mm-hmm. and then when it shows up again well that's I will put that in tomorrow's mm-hmm. so I found that to be super effective when it comes to that like anxiety or worry place mm-hmm. um, I do the same thing in terms of like 90 seconds of intense emotion and like I know it's I know we want to sit in emotion and I know that like it's very it's not that you don't want to feel but there's a piece of like feeling and then setting the time limit of like and I mean look there's gonna be some things that you can't get through in 90 seconds there's gonna be some things where like like for me what comes up so often right now maybe you as the listener can relate it's like 90 seconds of feeling like the worst mom ever because I just screamed my face off at my child and I didn't actually mean to scream my face off, but I was so angry and so frustrated that I was just like, Aah! and then I was like 90 seconds after I was like, oh shit, you're the worst mom. The guilt, the crying, you're so upset. It's like, okay, 90 seconds, okay. He is doing his deep breaths over there. I'm doing my crying <laughs> fast over here. We come back. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. Yeah. I did not mean to scream sure. my face off. But it's like those little moments where I'm like 90 seconds of like. I like that. I like the 90 seconds because we have all been there in that place of like, I just need to be mad. Like there's times where Cam and I, obviously, there's like disagreements. We're grownups. We disagree on things. And it's funny because there's times when he, let's say he's done something and I'm upset and he apologizes but I still just need to be mad. I'm yeah. like, I can't let this go yet. And he's like, okay, I respect that. Like, let me know when you're ready, right? And so I like that you the timeline of 90 seconds. I'm like, okay, I get to be mad as hell. And then it's done. Yeah, 90 seconds. And I mean, I, I learned from Tony R- Robbins, but I was like, yeah, I need to feel. And I've, I've avoided feelings for a lot. I was like, okay, let it in. But when that timer goes off, it's not that you switch back and you're like, hi, 
I'm so happy. But I thought this was 90 seconds. Can I return to love? Can I return to forgiveness? Can I return to, honestly, I am very sorry, buddy. I, as your mom, should not have screamed at you in that way. I was feeling very angry, very frustrated about this thing. On the other side of that, like, whatever you're going to, like, articulate. But after those 90 seconds are over, that's typically when the child comes back and he's just like, Ready for the hug, yeah. ready to reconnect, yeah. ready to like, oh, I'm sorry I did the thing that upset you. Yes. And I'm saying like, I'm sorry that I was like freaking out because yes. it really wasn't a big deal. But like, I was really flustered. And so it it's funny you. because kids do that, right? Sure. Where like after a minute or two, they're like, I'm good. Yes. Like, they process. How the fuck we hold that shit? We hold grudges. We totally. hold stuff forever. Forever. But yeah, if you just do that and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Moving on. Yeah. We're talking about it. We're processing it. We're good to go. But I think let yourself like 90 seconds of, okay. I love that. This really is intense. But yes. It's beautiful. Anyways. An hour. <sighs> we, Another... we always do this. We always do this. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We okay. do kind of like push it a little bit extra because I feel like okay. just as we get to the end, it's sometimes those big nuggets come in mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no, oh, we got to dive in on this. I so. know. I know. And mm-hmm. as it shows up, it shows up. But anyways, guys, we will see you for yes. episode number 10 next week. Can't but wait, guys. That, yeah. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.